This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Today on our warning radio program, I have apostolic and prophetic leader Stephen Lambert speaking about, quote, let us pray, unquote. He was speaking to the staff of World Ministries International and their families, and this was spoken on July 14, 2020. Let's begin. I wanted to talk a little bit tonight about prayer. In fact, this is from a booklet that I wrote that is entitled, Let Us Pray. I want to tell a little story. There was one day I was traveling to the post office early in the morning. As I got to a particular intersection, a church was right on that corner that I had ministered at a couple of times and also had fellowship with the pastor there. As I got to that intersection, Suddenly, I heard the voice of the Lord speaking to me, and he said, when you get to the light, it's going to turn red, and when it turns green, I want you to turn right, and then turn into the church. I mean, the Lord spoke to me that clearly. He doesn't always do that, but he did that day. I'm thinking at the time, it's probably a good thing that I only had a few seconds to obey, because, you know, with the light changing, because I probably wouldn't have obeyed him. When I heard him say this, I went ahead and obeyed him, turned right, went into the church property. I said to the Lord, I said, what in the world is this all about? Because I was just minding my own business. I was going to the post office. I wasn't expecting God to speak to me. When I asked him that question, his answer was, get out. This is about 7.20 in the morning. And I said, when he said, get out, I said, get out? That's kind of harsh, Lord. What did I do now, you know, thinking I'd done something wrong? He said, get out of the car and go walk over there in those trees on the corner. And this was the instruction he was giving me. And I thought, what is this all about? And he said to me, go over in that stand of trees over there. There, I want to speak to you for some reason. It's like what he said to many of the prophets in the Bible. You know, Abraham, he said, leave your family, leave this, leave that, go there. And there I will speak to you. And how many times have we said, well, Lord, I'm right here. I'm listening. Just speak now. Why do I have to go there? And there's some reason that he wants us to go there before he's going to speak to us. I went over there in that stand of trees, and it was one of the most beautiful, calm, peaceful days I had experienced in my entire life. I mean, it was like a windless day in July on a Florida beach, which is where I'm from, and it was just beautiful. All of a sudden, as I got in this stand of trees, this wind started blowing inside this stand of trees, and it was almost like a hurricane. And I thought, what in the world is this? And I looked around, and I thought, well, I don't think it's blowing across the street. I don't get this. And I crouched down to where I could see and looked across the street. Not one tree was moving. And so all of this was happening in this stand of trees where I was. I'll tell you, that made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. I couldn't figure out what this was all about. And so then I heard the inner voice of the Holy Spirit say to me, listen carefully. He got very serious, the Lord did, and said some specific things. I have some things to tell you that I want you to tell the pastor when he comes in in a few minutes. And I said, the pastor is coming in a few minutes? I said, it's only 7.30 in the morning. Pastors don't show up at churches at 7.30 in the morning. And uh, he told me that he was on his way. I said, but I don't have an appointment with the pastor. 
the Lord said, well, he's on his way and I've prepared him to hear what I want to tell him through you. And then he said, now listen. So I said, okay. I shut up and began listening. And in what had to be no more than mere seconds, as I started to listen, I had this vision. Just as suddenly as this wind had blown through the trees and the vision, the sunset exploded upon my mind. In this vision, I began to see some things that shocked me and were very startling, I would say. I mean, I was under the Spirit so much. I couldn't even, some of you that have been under the Spirit, you know what it's like. You're so anointed under the Spirit, you can't quite get your faculties about you to think as you normally think. And as I was coming out of this whole thing, the Lord began to speak to me again. And he said, the pastor's on his way. And I said, he is? He said, yes. And he said, I want you to go talk to him. I said, well, Lord, this guy's going to think I'm nuts. And that I'm standing in this stand of trees. He's coming into the parking lot. And I'm going to go walk over to him out of the trees. I'm not even supposed to be there. And I'm going to look like a complete nut. You know, and he's wanting to know, why am I at his church? Sure enough, I looked over there and here came the pastor. He got out of his car and he had seen my car parked in the parking lot. So he started walking toward me. The only thing I could think of doing right at that moment, I just plastered the biggest grin I've ever put on my face in my life. And I waved at him. I said, hello, pastor. (laughs) And I said, good morning. And he said, how you doing? I said, I'm doing pretty good. And I just kind of muttered some things that kind of made me feel like I sounded like, you know, that program Hank Hill on the King of the Hill. You know, and I just said, well, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I knew he was trying to figure out what in the world I was doing there. I didn't know what to say to him. And I said, well, the Lord had me to come here. He said, oh, he did? I said, yeah. And he said, well, what brings you here? I said, I don't know, but the Lord wanted me to come here and and speak to you about something. And just then I said, what am I supposed to say now, Lord? Because he'll think I'm crazy. Then I guess the Lord kind of felt sorry for me. He said, well, ask him if the church's plans have ever included a preschool and an aftercare and a daycare and an elementary school, all of these things. You know, think about that. If the plans of the church had ever included a preschool, aftercare, daycare, and elementary school. With that, he seemed to freeze, this pastor. His face flushed, and he just stared at me for a few moments. What seemed like an eternity to me, but in reality was just a a few seconds. And then he responded with one of the most classic responses I've ever gotten. At that time, he was about 30 years in prophetic ministry. And I've had some pretty uh, classic responses to things the Lord told me. Finally, he said to me, do you have to be so prophetic? I thought, wow. You know, because I nailed these things. Preschool, aftercare, daycare, and elementary school. We both laughed nervously. And thank God he invited me in for a cup of coffee. We talked. And I shared with him some of what the Lord had shown me in this vision. But I only showed him parts of it because I knew he wouldn't be open to the whole thing. So after I had taken up this man's entire morning, probably just to get rid of me, he finally said to me, it was on a Wednesday, would you be willing to come tonight to share with our congregation some of the things you've been saying to me? 
I said, well, I guess. I didn't really, I hadn't planned on that. He said, well, I want you to come and share this with this congregation because you have no idea. And I know that you didn't know anything about this, and we've never talked about this. And we've had many conversations in our board meeting about some of these things. And I've been trying to tell these people that this is what God was wanting from our little church here. I want you to come and share on this because it'll be a confirmation to what God's speaking to the congregation. And I said, okay, well, I'll be happy to. So that night we had, I guess it was a little over 30 years of ministry right then, at that point, probably one of the greatest moves of God I've ever experienced. Just an impromptu kind of meeting that when the congregation showed up, nobody knew I was coming. Nobody knew I was speaking. So they didn't have opportunity to plan for this in any way or anything like that. There was this tremendous move of God. The atmosphere in that place was like electricity. For about two hours and 45 minutes, we had church. And I mean, it was powerful. The pastor was totally shocked. The congregation was totally shocked. Tremendous things happened that to this day I haven't seen anything like it. As the Bible says, they fell like dead men. And just all around the whole congregation, people, you know, as they would come up or they didn't even come up. We started having people just falling in the congregation. This tremendous move of God. It was really powerful. God began to move, gave me words of knowledge, discerning of spirits, prophetic utterances, healing and miracles. And it was just flowing like Niagara Falls that night. There were demons that were cast out. I saw many miracles that night. One of the things that the congregation called the pastor later and said was, we know this was a move of God because our children, you know, it's very hard to get children to move and talking about especially their teenagers, were totally touched by this move of God. There was one young man that was running the sound and I had a word of knowledge of what was the matter with him. I just barely mentioned it, and I said, there's somebody up there in that sound booth, and you have this, that, or the other. And I no more and got those words out of my mouth, and I looked up there, and there was nobody in the sound booth. Nobody running the audio. I thought, oh, great. There's nobody running the audio. And next thing I know, this boy has run from that place, and has run down there, and standing in front of me. I laid hands on him. He was totally instantaneously healed from something that he had had for 14 years. In fact, the pastor called me later and said, I had 20 of our longstanding people call me tonight. I couldn't get off of the phone telling me what a powerful move of God this was. And they knew it was because it was the children that were affected by it. Probably about 30 or 40 children in there that night. Every single one of them were slain in the spirit. And, you know, they fight that. They try to act like that stuff's not real and, and that, you know. And every one of the teenagers in that whole congregation came up. In fact, some of them were coming up just to get the move of God, just to get the touch. So what am I saying all this for? It has nothing to do with me. It was that this congregation had been in several seasons of prayer for over the course of about three months. And in fact, they had had different seasons of fasting and praying. They had one night in every week, Friday, that they had agreed to pray and to fast because they were looking for a move of God in their church. 
Now, mind you, the reason I went into such detail about what happened before that meeting is because nobody planned this. I always question a revival that you can pre-plan, that you send out advertising about and say, come Wednesday night, we're having a revival. Well, how do you know that? <laughs> you know, so I've always been leery of those things, and I don't know about you, but I want to see what's real and what's really God, and that you can't deny it's God because nobody planned this. And that was the exciting thing about this meeting. This all happened because God gave me a prophetic word. Sometimes we call these things word of knowledge, word of wisdom, whatever it is. This one was a prophetic word that was both. It was word of knowledge and word of wisdom that the Lord had spoken to this congregation. And that congregation began to grow and develop after that because people started hearing that there was a real, genuine move of God happening at that church. And by the way, this was an Assembly of God church. And that went on for about almost 10 years. From that one night and this one prophetic word, the result of it, it was because the people were praying. They were seeking God with all their heart. It might sound cliche-ish, but prayer changes things. So prayer does indeed bring about change. And prayer prepares the hearts. I learned this in a very valuable and a very tangible way from this meeting that night. That prayer not only changes things, one of the things it changes is the people that's doing the praying. That's an important word right there. Prayer prepares the hearts of God's people for the manifestation and the fulfillment of his purposes and plans. You know, that's what I'm all about in this last hour, is about God's purposes and plans. We need to get plugged into God's purposes and God's plans, not our plans. In fact, when we get into the purposes and the plans of God, there's no way we can fail. Because it's the purposes and the plans of God. And we didn't invent it. We didn't make it up. We didn't say this would be a good idea or anything like that. But we actually get into the purposes and the plans of God. There's absolutely no substitute for prayer whatsoever. I mean, that might sound trivial, but it's vital. In fact, there was one great preacher on the subject of prayer that once wrote, It's as if God can do nothing unless and until... Someone first asks him. That's powerful. It is as if God can do nothing unless and until someone first asks him. Now, see, this kind of turns the matter of prayer on his head. I think there's a lot of people that really don't understand what prayer is all about. And one of the reasons why they kind of dread it is because they don't understand what prayer is really all about. And the Bible says, ask, seek, and knock. And so this is the process that the Lord has decreed, I believe, that allows his intervention into the affairs of men. You can see that in Matthew 7, 7, that this process of ask, seek, knock, I think that's a process. In other words, we ask about it, then we go seek it, and then we go knocking on doors to find it. Because we've asked, we believe God's going to do it, then we go try to find it. Do you see what I'm saying? So God has established forever the principle of free will, as we know. We all have a free will. He'll never violate our own free will. That principle of free will governs upon the earth. He'll never change that. Because if he took away our free will, 
then that would make us nothing but robots. And we're a lot more than robots. We are God's people. Think about that. God doesn't want us to be robots. He will not violate this principle of our free will. So maybe you're seeing where I'm going with this, the picture that we have to get into cooperation with God and His purposes and His plans in order for us to have even the success in life that we want to have. That's dependent upon us coming to know what the purposes and the plans of God are in order for us to be able to plug into it. If we don't know what they are, we certainly can't plug into it, can we? We have to know the purposes and the plans of God in order for us to plug into those. When we ask, the bottom line is, then he will. Isn't this what he said? All things whatsoever you ask in prayer believing, you shall receive. You've read that in the Bible? Now, that's about as close to what I call carte blanche as it can get. So our asking in prayer gives God the permission or the opportunity to do what he wants to do in the first place. You know, a lot of times we think that God is reluctant to do what we're wanting him to do. And that's sometimes, I think that's why we don't want to pray, or we don't pray as often as we should. Because we think that this is reluctant God that's holding things back. But that's actually not it at all. God's wanting us to know His will, so that we can get in tune with His will, make our will synchronized with His will, and then we'll have success in whatever we ask. Isn't that basically what that scripture amounts to? that I just quoted there, whatsoever things we ask for in prayer, believing, you shall receive. So, and I believe that's in prayer. Our asking gives God the permission or the opportunity to perform what we have asked him. But he cannot do it until and unless we ask. We've got to ask in prayer. So I think it's a very detrimental mindset that besets us all at times in our lives, that the presumption that whatever God wants to do, he can do. You've heard people say this, right? You know, how's it going, brother? Oh, great. You know, uh, well, I'm, I'm waiting for this to happen, that to happen. And they say, well, you know, waiting for God to do it and all of this. I think that that's a problem sometimes when we think that God can do what he wants to do and the reason he's not doing it is that, well, apparently he doesn't want to do it. Of course, there's some things that, yeah, God doesn't want to do it. That's not of God. So God wants us to find out what his purposes, his plans are, his will, and God wants us to begin to ask him, which gives him the permission to be able to make these things happen on the earth, which is what he wants to do in the first place, is to perform his will. But he needs somebody to ask him. When we ask God, then he will do these things. But sometimes we think, well... God can do whatever he wants because he's God. That sounds right, right? Wrong. Actually, that's bad theology because the fact of the matter is God can only do what we want in our lives and what we have asked him to do. He can't do it until we ask him because if he did, he'd be violating our will, wouldn't he? Wouldn't he be forcing that upon us? 
So we have to begin to seek him for the very things that actually he wants to happen in our life too. And so how do we find out what the will of God is? I won't belabor this point tonight because most of you in here know this. It's all right here. This is God's will. In fact, we call it his last will and testament. His word is his will. And his will is his word. You really don't have to wonder what the word, I mean, I understand there's specifics about things that you sometimes don't know what God's specific will is about certain things, but in general, you can find the will of God. You can certainly find in here what is not his will also. There's no sense about praying about things that's not his will, because that's not going to get you anywhere. He doesn't even hear that. I believe, as the Bible says in Psalm 115, verse 16, the heavens are the heavens of the Lord. What does that mean? That means that's where God's authority is. That's where he rules and reigns. And you know what? There's no problems up there, is there? He rules and reigns up there. So we don't have any troubles up there. But it's the earth that he's given unto the sons of men. And that means the sons of Adam, literally, in the Hebrew. He has given the earth unto the sons of men. So there's actually human governmental authority in the affairs of men on this planet. And that human governmental authority is sacrosanct, meaning God's never going to violate it. He's not going to force something upon us. But if we ask him to begin to do something, he has promised in his word to do it. Hasn't he promised to fulfill all of his promises? And if somebody would help me here, over 7,000 promises in the Bible. And he has promised to perform every single one of them. I think that's one of the keys to prayer. We have many weapons. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. But I believe prayer is at the top of the list. Because here's what prayer does. Can you believe I went to a church not too long ago that somebody in the congregation asked the pastor, said, uh, can you give me a definition of prayer? And he actually said this, Pastor Hanson. He actually said, it's one-way communication with God. I thought, wow, one-way communication with God? Prayer is not one-way communication with God. I'm sorry. It's two-way communication with God. Prayer is talking to God. It's communicating with God. It's crying out to God. It's telling Him our needs, our desires, our wants. The Bible says that He will give us the desires of our heart. There's some things that are going to require us to ask God about. I was thinking about this this afternoon. Frankly, we're just not bold enough in our prayers. I think a lot of times we're afraid of being too bold. But the fact is, we're not bold enough. You know, God, he's certainly not shook up about some things we would ask him. God can do anything, am I right? Anything he wants to do according to his will. One of the things he can't do is violate his will. He'll never violate his will. And the Bible tells us that the effectual and the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The interpretation of that is prayer works. Is prayer difficult? Sometimes we think it is, don't we? Really, prayer is about as difficult as the next thought that'll just go wistfully right through your mind without you even trying. And you'll have this thought, or it's about as difficult as breathing, really. 
when we just begin to pour out our heart to God, when we begin to seek God, we begin to find what His will is, and then we pour out our heart to God, asking Him to perform the very purposes and the plans of God. Even though there's been thousands of books written about prayer and the matter of communication with God, really it can all be boiled down to, I believe, prayer is fellowship and communion with God. I believe it's drawing near to God. It says, if you draw near to God, He will draw near to us, right? I believe that's what prayer is. And I believe that's why there's some things sometimes that looks like they're too far out, that we can't apprehend them, that we can't get a hold of them, that we can't touch them, that we can't reach them. And I believe the reason for that is, is because God wants our fellowship. He wants us to draw near to Him. And it's through our drawing near to Him that those things will begin to manifest in our life. It's like we've heard, just a little talk with Jesus <laughs> makes it all right. Remember that song? And you know, the exciting thing is everybody can pray. You know, there was the renowned revivalist and primary founder of Methodism, John Wesley, said, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. Wow, what a statement for John Wesley to say. Who had a lot of miracles that he saw in his life. He said, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. And then he followed that up by saying, prayer is where the action is at. Martin Luther said, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of his willingness. What a statement. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of God's willingness. I believe that there's things that God wants to show us about prayer. And I believe that prayer really can be distilled down to this whole matter and concept of drawing near to God and he will draw near to us. I mean, what father doesn't want to bless his children? God's not reluctant to bless us. But the whole matter is he wants us to draw near to him. I go into this in the book about the Garden of Gethsemane and what happened there. I believe it was Leonard Ravenhill that said, In the church today, we have many organizers, but few agonizers. And we need to learn to agonize in prayer, to call out to God for what it is that we believe that is God's will, that he's calling us to get connected with, get synchronized with him to be able to have the purposes and the plans of God manifest in our life. This is Dr. Hansen. I hope you've enjoyed this warning radio program where the message was, let us pray, taught by apostolic and prophetic leader, Stephen Lambert. My phone number is 360-629-5248, 360-629-5248. My website, www.worldministries.org, www.worldministries.org. This program is entirely listener-supported. We need your help if we're going to continue to stay on your local radio station. 
Also, click on Eagles Saving Nations on my website to subscribe. We need another great awakening. We need to get into the football stadiums, not with a woke message, but with the gospel of Jesus Christ moving in the power of God when we leave those stadiums to take back America. God bless you.